Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yellen. Periodically on this program, we're going to revisit folks we talked to a few years ago to see how they're doing. When we first started doing this podcast in October of 2016, our second guest was a mother who started treating her 18-month-old daughter with cannabis oil. Her daughter, Cheyenne, was suffering from neuroblastoma, which is a cancer that develops from immature nerve cells found in several areas of the body. Joining us from Alberta, Canada, is Mandy Drew. Mandy, thanks for coming back. Thanks for inviting me back again. How old was your daughter, Cheyenne, when she was first diagnosed with cancer? She was 18 months old. 18 months old. I'm sure you remember that day like it only happened yesterday. I will never forget every moment of that day. Take us through that's what happened. Something ha- that won't be etched. Yeah, that's right. Take us through what <laughs> happened. Tell us what you was going through your mind when the doctor told you that your baby had cancer. My whole world collapsed right at that very second. Uh, I remember sitting there with their dad, and the oncologist came, and she said that about neuroblastoma, and I didn't understand, so I was still, I'm a joker. So I was joking with the doctor, and then it, yeah, then we started seeing cancer, and they said cancer. At that moment, our world just dropped. Boy, it must have been like you were punched in the stomach. Yeah, multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. Now, what did the doctor say after he told you that your child had neuroblastoma? That they were going to do more testing. They had to do biopsies. They were going to put a stent in because her one kidney wasn't functioning properly and it was undersized. Then they had to put the central line in to receive the chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And what they just hit us with so much information so fast, you were basically blindsided and you had no idea. So you just, that I, yeah, you were blindsided with so much information so fast. And you just simply caved into what they said. Yeah, you did, because at that point, you're, I I don't know, you're blind and you think that these people are helping you the best that they can. You're overwhelmed. Like, your your brain just doesn't work when you get that. Well, you're essentially in a state of shock and in a state of fear. Absolutely, yes. You would from, you're just going to see a doctor to, actually, it was just an MRI to, you're being rushed to the oncology ward. Yeah, we've talked to a number of people over the last couple of weeks saying uh, D. Manny Mitchell in uh, Belfast mentioned that uh, she was in shock for about two weeks. Oh, absolutely. I could, yeah, two weeks is, I don't know, even still to think about it today, it puts me in shock because it all happened so fast. Now, what was the prognosis that doctors gave you at the time? Did they say that Cheyenne would, would be fine once she underwent treatment? Uh, they, well, they wouldn't actually tell us that. That was like their, the one oncologist that's a so many billion dollar question right there. But anyways, they uh, said, what did they say? I think it started out at a 50% chance if the treatment worked. 
And then as it went on, the treatment didn't work. So they kept lowering the chances. And I think we had three different roadmaps by the end of it. Mm. A roadmap is what they planned on giving the stage. Because at first they didn't, they missed the one on her spine where it was pressing on her spine. So after that, it went to a higher stage with less, with less, uh, (laughs) but anyways, it dropped. To the by the end, it was a less than five percent chance, less than ten percent chance to live for five years. Wow, that's a, no, that's a shock to any yeah. parent. Uh, oh my gosh, yeah, because I think at first it was we believe the doctors okay. My daughter has a fifty percent chance. The chemo is going to work, and then we started opening our eyes more to the chemo, to how bad the chemo was. And then we started looking at natural stuff. And I remember even asking the uh, the uh, pharmacist about it. Like, there's got to be some kind of natural something. Everything's made from something. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you find out about cannabis oil? Take us through that story. Ah, uh, how we found. I had quite a few people writing me about it, but back then I didn't. I didn't think anything of it because me growing up as a recreational user, that's all I ever thought. And then more and more people, and then I got in contact with Corey. Because it was our last, it was it was literally our last thing to try. Do you remember the story, Corey? Very, very clearly, yeah. And they had, um, I think they had taken um, Cheyenne into the operating room and tried to operate or something and um, couldn't, couldn't do anything. And basically the oncologist or surgeon had come in and told them to take her home and make memories and that she didn't have a lot of time as... I think that's what happened, wasn't it, Mandy? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. She had one last surgery to try to remove the mass. Yeah, and he said he tried to really with hands up. Yeah, and he couldn't do it. So uh, that's when she reached out to me. Um, yeah, I remember extremely clearly, actually. And, uh, you know, Cheyenne was so young, and uh, they were desperate, of course, because they, had, they were out of options. And um, so we got uh, Cheyenne started on uh, cannabis oil. Yeah, and within a month, we're a totally different child. I never would have thought it worked so fast. Once I seen it working so good, I had no guilt. There was nothing. When you say a different child, what do you mean? Explain that to the listeners. Uh, when Cheyenne, before she was on cannabis oil, she couldn't run. She couldn't jump. She could barely climb stairs or the couch. But within a month of being on cannabis oil, she could run. She was climbing stairs, and she started jumping. She put weight on because she had zero appetite. And the weight just started coming on. It just did wonders for her. I watched, like, I watched everything. Her hair grew back nicely. She ate. She slept, which are all such important things for a child, anybody, but a child more so, too. Now, do you remember the first time you gave her cannabis oil? I do. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget that one. Tell us about it. Uh, the first time I gave her it? We started out with, like everybody else, you start with the grain of rice, and I put it on a piece of food for her, and she ate it, and then she got the normal, like everybody would when they're first starting out. They get sleepy and a little wobbly, but Cheyenne went to sleep, and when she woke up, she just filled her face with food. Hmm. Were you, were you somewhat nervous the first time you gave it to her? Oh, I was so nervous, and I was so scared, because I just, like I said, I was raised cannabis was recreational use and then entering a whole new world into 
cannabis being used as medicine was new to me. And then children with cannabis was totally new. So at first I had a lot of guilt until I started seeing how good it was doing for her. Now, when yeah. you were giving uh, Cheyenne cannabis, did anyone else know what you were doing? Uh, yeah, her father did, and so did her uncle and aunt and grandfather. Were but they- not the doctors. N- no, not at first. I told them I was going to, uh-huh. and then that's when uh, we started, and I went and got her prescription right away because the oncologist here in Edmonton would not, absolutely would not give up a prescription. Yeah. Now, when you told the doctors what you were doing, and uh, let me back up a bit. After you started giving Cheyenne cannabis, when did you go back to the doctor for a reassessment? I think back then we had to do it every month. Every month. Every month, yeah. We were on monthly visits. So the the next month you went back, and what was Cheyenne like then? She was much improved, as you mentioned so earlier? So much improved. Oh, yes, like a completely different child. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I was so confident in telling the doctors, too. Well, a, I had my script, but B, she was doing so well that I kind of wanted to just be like, I told you so. What was the doctor's response, Mandy? <laughs> that, uh... They, they snubbed it. Uh. They completely snubbed it. They didn't want to know. And normally, even the last few times I went to the doctors before we stopped with the oncologist, they just snubbed us and stopped the meeting right there, got up and left. Yeah. yeah. Ian, I don't know if you know, but I actually got to meet Mandy and Cheyenne a couple of years ago when I spoke out in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which was really, really neat. And to see Cheyenne, you would never, ever know. Um, that she had been sick. And um, now, Cheyenne, I believe Mandy has um, outlived any expectations of the medical world. Isn't that correct? In the time they gave her? Yeah, she was supposed to pass away. What was that? She was two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven. She's eight. She's over eight years old now. Eight years old. Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. She's a little miracle, that's for sure surpassed everything so if it wasn't for cannabis mandy i suspect that cheyenne would not be alive today i don't think no i firmly believe that i would not have cheyenne with me today if it wasn't for cannabis now have the doctors at all changed their attitude towards your use of cannabis with cheyenne not the oncologist because we stopped seeing them but her family doctor He's on board with it because I'm really open with him. Mm -hmm. And he says that clearly whatever you're doing is working to not stop. That's fantastic. Yeah. It is, yeah. Cheyenne eats a really good diet on top of doing cannabis, though, correct? Yeah. We're more lenient now where she's a little older and she she knows everything out there. But because we started her so young with eating healthy, she will still go to the fridge and grab the strawberries and the raspberries and want smoothies and that's just because we started her so young too which is a saving grace because diet is so important yeah yeah go ahead you you recently added um in the past couple of years mandy you started adding in um a dose of cbd to her is that correct we did yes because it came back that she had global developmental delay and 
from we were told is probably stems from the chemotherapy at such young age. Right. And, and I, believe, we, we I see, believe, sorry, I believe there were some studies indicating too that CBD uh, can be really good with uh, combating neuroblastoma. Absolutely. Yeah. Once a few years ago, those studies started coming out. So a CBD works for neuroblastoma, but it also works for her brain too, which kind of is a form of autism. And, she can be sitting there and let's say her brain is just snapping. She can't finish sentences. She's overwhelmed. And you give her a little bit of CBD and within half an hour to 45 minutes, I have a normal child again. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's very interesting. Mandy, tell, yeah. me, tell me about uh, Cheyenne now. When she takes her oil, whether it's cannabis oil, CBD, whatever, is she welcoming it? Does she know it helps her intuitively? Yeah, absolutely. She calls it her black medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll take her black medicine and she takes it. Most people have to, uh, they can't stand the taste, but she's so adjusted to it, she'll take it straight on her tongue. I don't have to dilute it or cover it. It just is what it is for her. How much are you giving her? Still uh, 0.5, half a mil a day. Half a mil. Mm. Yeah. And we you just used downsized her to half a mil probably for three years so far. Right. And you're doing that at night? Yes. We still do it around just right after supper so that way she has a full tummy. Are you doing a regular dose of CBD in the day or just whenever you think she needs it? Whenever she needs it or if I feel that. It all really depends on the day. Some days she'll have a hard time taking that but not the actual cannabis oil. Yeah, you can hear her in the background. Oh, yeah, it really. Yeah, that's that's her little sister. They're, oh, I she's see. She's doing so well. Cheyenne's on her bike on the sidewalk right now. Is she? She is. Yeah. She get along with that's her little I, sister. About as good as siblings do. Yeah. So not <laughs> not that well. <laughs> it all really depends on the day. <laughs> Corey, this must this story must warm your heart, knowing that you've uh, you were the one initially responsible for helping out Cheyenne and leading her on to uh, a healthy life thus far. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, I get a little choked up thinking about her. Actually, she's yeah. It was it, meeting her was great. Very emotional moment when I first got to meet her. Cheyenne still talks about that. All her, like her um, independent play will usually be, we're going on vacation to Vancouver. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she's a real firecracker, Mandy. Um, <laughs> no wonder she's <laughs> all that weight. Oh, my good God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cheyenne does, Ian Cheyenne does not stop, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, she is like the ever-ready bunny. <laughs> like, oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's energetic. There's nothing sick about her at all. No, you would never in a million years even know that she's sick at all. And just because I know the tumor pushes up against her spinal sac and she should be paralyzed. She's not at all. She can run, hop, jump, dance, do everything any other child can. So, Mandy, the the oil that you give her, do you switch up the strains or do you always do kind of a multi-strain oil or what what exactly do you give her? Normally, it's just apricot kush because that's what her medicine man had. But now, getting different strains. Right. Okay. 
So that's usually what we started off with, and we used that one for quite a few years. I still use a little bit of apricot, too. Okay. But so, we, we just have one medicine man that we use, and whatever he has is what we use. Right. So when you have people come to you who have a child with neuroblastoma, what's your advice to them? Uh, first thing is to... Well, I usually always say cannabis oil, diet, and detox. Yes. Because if it's a child, you know they've had chemotherapy, they've had all kinds of stuff, so you would want to detox that. And today's food is mostly Franken-food anyways. Yes. And another, that's the main thing, too, is to find out what, what are you feeding your child. And say a lot of them come to me and they're feeding them, what's it called? Uh, when I worked at the hospital, I would give it to people with bag food. On sure like Nestle, yeah, it was like Nestle bag food, like you put in your feeds. Mm. Oh, that stuff oh is horrible. Oh my goodness, that is, it, it breaks my heart to even hear that. Just because I, I seen the ingredients, I worked at a hospital in dietary. Horrible. And then insure, because a lot of people were like, well, we need to put weight on, so we're giving them insure. Has anybody actually read the ingredients and the sugar content in that? Mm-hmm. I always tell them that's full of genetically modified foods and it's completely loaded with sugar. Yeah. Yeah, your your comment about diet is really key in all of this, I think, because Corey has mentioned this many times on the programs we've done in the past. The more. people have to yeah. start eating more healthfully. And, you know, we've had people we've interviewed, and I won't name any names, but they will have six sodas a day or even more. And you just can't do that. You've got to, you've got to try and build up your body. You've got to try and make it healthy. Because if your body is unhealthy, it can't function properly. Absolutely. Well, it's always trying to repair itself from all the unhealthy stuff we're putting into it. So it will never have the strength to repair what's already been wrong. You know, I spoke to a, a person uh, first thing this morning whose sister uh, is being treated for breast cancer at a cancer clinic in the States. And she went to have her chemo and the, they, her sister had to stay outside because with all the COVID stuff going on, they're not allowing people in. And wasn't the nice guy there arriving to deliver everybody sitting in their chemo chairs donuts? That's just the thing when you're in the oncology world, ward, they're always trying to give you sugar. sugar. All this so food is absolute for, joke. For some people, because I, I'm actually surprised, but when I speak with people, there are a number of people who still don't know that sugar fuels cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes. So sugar it's, is like a fertilizer to cancer cells. They go berserk when it hits the system. Absolutely. I remember what shot the dietary would bring the kids in the cancer ward. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Like what? Uh, well, it would be processed food. And then you'd always have a lot of sugar. They were always trying to feed you jellos and puddings and everything. It got to the point that we stopped all the food coming in to Cheyenne and we would bring our own food. Was We'd it, always uh, just have our fruit and vegetables, and a blender was always on hand. Was the hospital okay with that? Yeah, they were. They did it wide. I suspect those nurses knew exactly what uh, what was being fed to the folks oh, elsewhere. Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely. Well, yeah, and even like I remember, like I said before, back then I was three hundred and twenty pounds. I got really big when we lived in the hospital. And I looked at the dietitian when she said a calorie is a calorie. And I said, so you mean to tell me all these cheeseburgers I ate isn't what made me really fat? You were, <laughs> 300, you were 320 pounds? I was, yeah. How tall are you? 5'2". Wow. You, should see you should see her now, Ian. She kicks butt? Yeah, she looks amazing. I'm a little less than 150 pounds today. Wow. So you've so lost a calorie half. is not a calorie. Yeah, you've lost half your body weight. I have, yeah, just by changing the way you eat. Wow, three hundred and twenty pounds. I at five foot two. I can't believe that. Yeah. I was quite large. Not anymore. <laughs> you were quite large. I, I <laughs> didn't want to anymore. say anything. I was waiting for Corey oh, to tell you. No shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's remarkable. It just shows what people can do if they set their mind to it. And if they eat the right Absolutely. foods. So, you know, if you're guzzling down cheeseburgers and soda, it's not going to yeah. go well. When you're living in the hospital, that was that was what we had. Holy jumping Murphy. And I felt horrible. I couldn't run with my kids. I couldn't put socks on. And that was what made me finally be like, no, I want to be able to run with my kids. Would have put my own socks on. Now, did you start losing the weight when you started feeding Cheyenne healthy food? Yes, because I switched with her too. Because I felt so bad. What another big one? I remember hiding in my pantry one day, and I was eating junk food, and she caught me. And the guilt that came over me because she wasn't allowed to have that changed me. Interesting. Yeah. And, and you yeah. stopped buying. You stopped buying it then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I love food. Let's face it, I love food. I love sweets. So if it's there, I'm going to eat it. So when you lost the 160 pounds, roughly 160 pounds, what was it like for you to start eating healthy food? Did it have a, a different taste than some of the crap oh, you were eating? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was basically like the meme on Facebook where... <laughs> This salad tastes like I'd rather be fat. <laughs> but no, it's like you just had to adjust your taste buds to bl not really bland things, like natural tasting things. There's like garlic is a wonderful thing to add flavor mm -hmm. and sugar. Today, I can take like a juice box or something we buy off the shelf that people think is juice. And oh, my gosh, I even got to water it down if I want to drink that. Oh, that's great. How, does, how did uh, your recovery from obesity, if you don't mind me saying that, um, your recovery from obesity and Cheyenne's re recovery from uh, neuroblastoma, how did that change your attitude towards being a mother? It changed it in uh, every single way that you could possibly think. I would front like a mom. I don't know. It changed my entire world. I'm a completely different person. Um, yeah, my child being sick made me be way more of a compassionate and understanding person. And losing that amount of weight just made me more confident. And then when you see people that are overweight and they're down on their weight, you can tell them. Mm -hmm. So you're a more compassionate person. I can, I can sense that in what, what you've told us thus far. 
Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. In every way possible. Corey, when you were, when you were ill, dealing with your, your problems, um, you switched. Were you eating healthfully initially, or did you switch partway through? No, I was eating healthily initially. You know, I have my little garden outside that I cram as much into as I can. And, you know, you're not going to find like craft dinner and cake mixes and cookies in my house. You know, it's, it's not a good house to come to if you're trick-or-treating. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really change my diet because my diet was pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it didn't occur to me to even change it back in the day. You know, keeping in mind, I was completely on my own when I was doing that. You know, there weren't the, the Facebook pages on, you know, fighting cancer and cannabis oil, et cetera, back then. So, um, so I didn't really change my diet. But like I said, I eat fairly healthily as it is. So no McDonald's for me. No McDonald's <laughs> for you. I couldn't tell you the last time I was in a McDonald's. 15 years, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Well, have either one of you ever seen this, the, the pictures, I think they post on, some of them have been posted on Facebook, where someone saved a McDonald's burger or McDonald's fries, mm. and after about three years, four years, it looks exactly the same? Yeah. Yes, I've seen that too. That's horrendous. Yeah, because yeah. there's, there's Franken no... Franken food at its finest. Yeah, there's no nourishment in it. There's no, there are no enzymes in it because enzymes will break down the food and make it rot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this food, it just, it's stable indefinitely. Yeah, that's and, scary. And that's what so many people are eating. And that's not healthy for your body. No, it's not healthy for your body. It's not healthy for our children's bodies. But, you know, um, I'm sure, too, both of you have seen the meme about how, so it's got pictures of, you know, say McDonald's food, and then it's got pictures of, let's say, an apple, some cheese, uh, a couple of vegetables. And it's more expensive to buy things that are good for you than it is to buy junk food. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is the unfortunate thing. You know, Our food bill in this house is through the roof. It's just insane to feed, like, to feed this household. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you know, know if you what? think about it, every time Shy goes to the fridge, there's five bucks right there, five to six dollars for that box of strawberries she's going to smash right then, or just about five dollars for a little thing of raspberries. Yeah, I mean it is more expensive, but it's it's healthier. Oh, it's much healthier. Yeah. Yeah. Much. Healthier. Oh, absolutely, it's worth it. I'd rather splurge in my food bill than anything else because at the end of the day, we're healthy. Mm-hmm. And you watch everybody around us just get sick and sicker and sicker. Now, is Cheyenne, uh, is she in grade two now? She is, yeah. So she's in grade two. How does she get along with the other kids? She does great. Uh, she has a full-time aide in school, but she'll have her odd meltdown. But she has a really good aide, and she's very firm with her. <laughs> so we usually put Cheyenne back in check. Ah, so mom she spoils does well her. In school. Yeah, mom spoils her, and the aide cracks the whip. Yeah, that's hard too. I've been having a lot of conversations about that. Well, I was told in the very beginning not to spoil Cheyenne too much because if she lives, it's going to be hard to bring her back to a normal child. And let's face it, I spoiled her rotten. I thought I was going, my child was going to die. I spoiled her rotten. 
Well, I think there's a lot of parents that probably would do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you, think, now, you think you're losing your child. And I still spoil her today. I get told all the time. I don't feel like I'm spoiling her as much, but I, I, I still am. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at times. Especially if, no. you, especially if, if a child is ill and you know that there, there's a chance that uh, she may not make it. That's just the thing, though, is like, you never know. You never know. Life. You never know. Look at the, you know, to, essentially, and I remember, you know, when I got the call, it, it, Mandy was told that she was going to, you know, Cheyenne was going to die. You know, that she had limited, limited time and, and uh, make the most of what time, um, make memories. I think that's what she yeah, basically Go do. home and make memories. Go home and make memories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, Mandy, does, does Cheyenne ever talk about what she wants to do when she grows up? Does she ever talk about what she wants to be? It switches from she wants to be a vet till she wants to be a doctor. Wow, she'd make an awesome yeah. daughter. She sure would. It would be yeah, nice if she was interested in her. <laughs> and she like she's intrigued by cannabis, so I kind of hope she pursues in that way. She knows her medicine plant. Like I have a cannabis thing tattooed on my arm, and every time she looks at it, that's my medicine plant, mummy. Yeah. <laughs> so she's very aware of what cannabis does. I, I know she's that. Very aware. Yeah. Yeah. And I educate her too because it's hot. It's really important. I'm not going to always be there for. Her. And she has to understand, like when she's older and can do it, she has to understand how to grow it, how to process it to make her medicine. Yeah, she's got to keep taking it. She absolutely has to. So I always, I, I basically got it burned in her head. <laughs> it's important. And she has to eventually learn how to do all this herself. That's great. And I, I don't sugarcoat it, though. I tell her, if you don't take your medicine, you will die. Yeah. Oh, you tell her that? I, I, I have to. Because she used to balk it so bad, and then mm. I found myself getting frustrated. And she was getting frustrated, but once we laid it out like that, and she understands, because I did have to come clean and tell her I want the cancer. She asked about the scars on her tummy one day, so I, came, I told her. Mandy, what has been the biggest frustration for you throughout this entire process? usually just scared of medicine. Am I going to run out? And then it gets frustrating too. Like the doctors at the very first, it's not frustrating anymore, but at first that was the most frustrating part actually was butting heads with doctors. Mm -hmm. Because as a mom, I'm not going to do anything to put my child in danger. So at that you try to do the best you can and no, they wouldn't work with me. And it took coming to BC to get her, her script. But you did it. Yeah, you did it. I did it. Oh yeah. And I do it again in a heartbeat. I still send parents to actually the, the clinic that gave me my first prescription. I will forever recommend those guys. Yeah. It's one, one of the things, uh, Corey, we, we, don't mention as much as we should. It's the people who provide the good medicine. And I know we can't name them, we can't identify them, but I think they're the real heroes in all of this because they're the ones that grow the medicine and make it for 
children, adults, anyone who's ill. And um, I think it's a big sacrifice on their part. It's a huge sacrifice on their part. And um, many of them are putting their necks on the line. Um, yeah, I'd like to say a huge shout out to the people that uh, help me with people that I send to them. Um, the, the Unfortunately, the medicine that's available for sale now in this wonderful legalized Canada is nowhere near strong enough for cancer patients. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't even want to use it for arthritis. You wouldn't even use it for arthritis, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so So, weak. you know, if we didn't have these people sticking out their necks and putting, essentially putting their freedom on the line, there are so many people that would be dead today if it wasn't for them. So I am grateful to the people that helped me out. Thank you. You all know who you are. And uh, I thank you very much. Yeah, and absolutely. Thank, yeah, thank you to the person that first stepped up for Mandy back in the day. Um, yeah, and Cheyenne wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for him. You know, I Ian, owe that man my life. Ian, you, you know, I, I mean, you, you've become quite involved in this in the past couple of years with me, but it was different back in the day. You know, I, I realized the other day I've been doing this for eight years, and uh, I think it was about seven years ago Mandy came to me, and... Um, it was one thing to even gain the knowledge that cannabis oil might be a possibility as something that would work. But then once you've discovered it, it's like, oh, my God, where do I get it? You know, there, yeah. weren't, there weren't even... It dis- wasn't accessible. There was nobody that carried it back in the day. And without these individuals that put their neck on the line, well, I would dare say that Cheyenne would be alive today if it wasn't for an individual that we know. Yeah, nope, they're, they're uh, I don't use this term very often, but they're the real heroes in all of this. Yeah. Those people they who truly in, are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we really, they really deserve a debt of gratitude. Mandy, yes. is, there, is there anything else that uh, you, you'd like to tell us about your journey over the last uh, seven years? That's basically it. Cheyenne went from a terminally ill child to you would never know at all. You would never know one single thing happened to her. It's fantastic. Even, yeah, and I just, I always want to say for the parents out there to try cannabis, and like for anybody too, but the parents too. Mm-hmm. Even to today, you get the ones and they were just like I was, you're scared, completely scared. Yeah, Mandy, it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you again after uh, three and a half years. We'll have to do this again in three and a half years from now. <laughs> Another three and a half years. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Mandy. You know, I love you. Hand to pieces. Take good care, All sweetie. Right, thank you. You too. Bye bye. That was a fabulous story from uh, Mandy in. Edmonton, Alberta, about uh, saving the life of her daughter when she was 18 months old. A great story. Now, if you'd like to help someone else, you can do so. Why don't you share our podcast on your um, social media platforms and get the word out. And also, for those of us who appreciate a good review, and we do appreciate a good review on Cannabis Health Radio, write a review on Cannabis Health Radio or either send it to us. Uh, to Cannabis Health Radio. We'd greatly appreciate it. And that's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. We'll be back with another story next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. 
For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.